Friday morning on this Erev Shabbos, but Erev Shvi Shal Pesach as well. That's right, we've got a Shabbos and Yontif uh, beginning tonight. Uh, candle lighting here in New York about 7.02. And um, <clears throat> I have asked Rabbi Yigal Siegel, I, I just, you know, people, people know that um, Jerusalem is the center of the world. I know that uh, those of us in New York always like to uh, say that we're the capital of the world, and that may be true in a variety of ways. When it comes to the center of the world and certainly the center of the Jewish world, we have to remember that it's Jerusalem. And we're lucky to have uh, somebody very close to us who's in Jerusalem and has spoken to us many times from Jerusalem, and he can remind us about some of the differences between observing the holiday in Jerusalem, in Israel, and uh, observing it in Chutz Laaretz, in the Diaspora. And I think there are more differences than we think. Anyway, Rabbi Yigal Siegel, Moadim Lusimcha, pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Chagim Uzmanim Sasson, Nachum, how are you? Baruch Hashem. Remember the Pesach I was in Israel where it was like 30 degrees the entire Chag? <laughs> yeah, I wish, believe me, I wish you were back here because right now it's freezing here. <laughs> it's raining and freezing. No, no, no. I meant, I meant it was 30 Fahrenheit. Oh, that, okay. <laughs> sorry, I'm thinking Celsius. Yeah, I didn't now. mean Celsius. I meant when I was there, I show up and, and of course, looking looking forward to an amazing week uh, in Israel, which, of course, it was. Uh, but in New York, it was like 70, and <laughs> in Yerushalayim, it was in the 30s. Well, uh, the people in Israel know that when you come here, it's always uh, adversely winter weather. Yes, it's a we- <laughs> it's a weather challenge when I show up. We've pro- We've certainly proven that enough times. Anyway, I hope your chag, oh, yeah. I hope your chag is going well. Uh, the last time, in all seriousness, the, you you moved to Israel in two thousand five. That would be the that would be sixteen years ago, right? Um, well, it's really fifteen. This is our fifteenth Pesach because we moved in August. But yeah, ah, so your fifteenth Pesach. So so you this is, you have now for fifteen years in a row you've observed one seder as opposed to two. There's a place that has two star. So I was going to say that that I ha- that? I had this experience with your children, <laughs> with at least one of your children, where when we were in Israel for Pesach, they discovered that there is such a thing as a second seder. That that if you would yeah. a- if you'd ask the majority of 15 year olds and below in Israel, and maybe even older than that, uh, how many starim take place on Pesach? The majority of them would say one. Of course. Yeah. They, they wouldn't even know that there's such a thing as a second Seder. We, we try and keep these things away from our children. <laughs> <laughs> these awful, we try to keep these awful things away from our All these children. these terrible But I want to tell you, it's funny because uh, always when we went back to Baltimore after we made Aliyah, especially the first couple of years, that was the one thing that people could not understand is how we got away with only one Seder. Like, because, you know, everyone's so tired going into the first Seder, and then you're able to rest up on the first day and have a second Seder that's, you know, more meaningful, etc. I want to tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, everybody. Move to Israel, have one Seder, everything is cool. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and by the way, it's so funny, I was discussing this with someone last night in terms of uh, culturally. Uh, because mm-hmm. there's one Seder in Israel, if I have this right, I think you've said this to me before. In general, if you would, if you would, you know, if you would feel out the entire country, in general, people make sure to get a little bit of rest 
before the Seder, whether it means taking a day or two off, right, having a couple of days of separation between the crazy cleaning and preparing and the actual holiday, or if it means going away Shabbos HaGadol, or if it means obviously resting the afternoon of Erev Pesach, right? It's, it's sort of like built into the culture in Israel, that because there's one Seder, you want to make sure to be as awake as possible. Yeah, I mean, as you remember, we were raised based on... Um, our mother, may she rest in peace, that uh, you had to stay up all night the night before the Seder, right. or else, you know, it, what, nothing was kosher to pay for. Right, you were The only person was... in Israel does that that I know of is our sister Panina. But otherwise, <laughs> you got to pull it all. If you don't pull an all nighter, you're not Yotze. Right. So that attitude is not the attitude of most Israelis. And, you know, they say that uh, most Israelis, whether no matter what their religious background, are, are at a Seder, you know, 90 right. something percent. Right. Anyway, so that's the uh, that's the story with the difference in culture. Also, <laughs> as we're about to enter what we call the last days, and I assume you call Shvi Shal Pesach, uh, this whole idea of you know there's certain things or or, or there are certain things we can consume uh, on the last day that we wouldn't the rest of Pesach, or there you know or we would go and eat a meal at someone else's house for those of us who would never dare do that the first seven days. That whole thing. You, Nobody where you are has ever heard of that, obviously. No, I mean, it's funny that you mentioned that, because I was just sitting with a rabbi this morning of a shul in Ramot, and he said, I'm sorry, I have to answer my, my, uh, my congregant's questions. He says, oh, here's a good one. Am I allowed to have gabrux on the seventh day? Oh, my <laughs> right? gosh. So, so I said, that's the funniest thing, like, you know, because, you know, the people who had gabrux, they would have it on the eighth day. Right. And, and then, and then someone said to him, "Can I have kidneyos on the seventh day?" Oh which my is, God! It's even worse than gabrus. One hundred percent. So it's it's very interesting that you know there's still that that chutzla diaspora idea that you know you could do something the last day of Pesach that you can't uh, do the other days. That does not apply to Israel not we, at all. We gotta knock that mentality out of the Jewish people. It's amazing. How we've become, you know, there's so many ways, and I've complained about this before, there's so many ways that we as a people have become diaspora dominant, have become diaspora centric, and we've got to move everything back to where it belongs and understand that the rule is Israel and the exception is the diaspora. I hope you, Rabbi Yigal Siegel, are with me on this uh, on this crusade. Excuse the, well, <laughs> excuse the word. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. After 15, after 15 years, yes, I, I'm with you now. I'm Thanks. with you in this crusade. I appreciate that. <laughs> What happens? What happens if someone? There are people we're speaking to right now who put on tefillin this morning. That's something that would never happen in Yerushalayim on Cholamoid, correct? Correct. Um, someone who has that minug here of wearing tefillin on Cholamoid, which we ourselves didn't, but I know people who do. They they only you know in order to continue their minug, they do it at home. They're not. They they would never think about doing it in shul. Right. Uh, I, was, now, I don't know about other parts of Israel. That's a good question. I, don't, I think in most of Israel, we just don't do it in shul. But uh, oh, I, that's but funny. I, I thought it was a difference between Yerushalayim. I could be wrong. I mean, you would know better. It, than it I. could be. I'm wrong also. I don't really spend a lot of time outside of Yerushalayim on, uh, on Pesach. But uh, now, but I uh, think that uh, here for sure it's not that. Now here, mm-hmm. outside of Israel, uh, we've lained. I mean, uh, as you have. I mean, we've lained every day on Cholamoy, right? Every day Cholamoy Pesach mm-hmm. we've lained. Uh, what's interesting, as opposed to Sukkot, where it's it's very easy to determine what the Torah reading is, and anybody who you know looks at a machzor will understand what I mean by that. Uh, what Torah reading is for Cholamoid Sukkot, it's different for Pesach, where we have different portions of the Torah that we read on uh, each of the four days of Cholamoid. Now, now you have five days of Cholamoid, which prompted my question: Which laning don't we do here? 
So I'll tell you, and I, I assume you have your machzor in front of you because I asked you to do that. I'll tell you that on the first day of Cholamoid, we read Kadesh Li Kobuchar. On the second... Yeah, well, let me... Well, one second, now take a step back for a second. You, on the second day of Yantiv, you lay in Shor Correct. We lay in that on the first day of Cholamoid. You do? Yeah. You know why I thought, mm-hmm. and now, of course, you've answered my really complicated question very easily. Right. Because I would, <laughs> yeah. I would assume, the rest, I assume the rest of the days just follow along with what we have. But the reason I was so um, uh, inclined to think differently was because it's also a laning that we read, what is it, on Sukkot that we read that? The first two days of Sukkot. So I just thought right, I right, just I right. just I just thought that we're sort of because you know we're chutzlaretz and we needed to create a laning for yuntiv. I thought we just we just borrowed it from the idea that we read it the second day sukkahs as well. But as you're confirming for me, no, on the first day of cholamoid, which for you was on was on Monday, right? Monday for you was the first day cholamoid. You you right. you read what we read on Monday. Correct. Interesting. Okay. Now well, I don't know. I'm just looking just looking to see whether. It looks like we, uh huh. Yeah, it looks like Shlishi for us. In other words, we only laned three uh, One second. I'm just looking to see, just to remember, it looks like we combine a whole bunch of Aliyahs that you don't because you have to lane five Aliyahs. Right. Um, so your laning yeah, on Monday so, was long. It was the entire thing? Uh, correct. Wow. It was the entire thing. Mm-hmm. It's a long lane. The so third Aliyah was the one, very long, yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Glad you answered. At least that's, I mean, that's what I have in my sitter, which, uh, you know, in, in your shalim, that's what we do. I don't know, it might be different outside your shalim, but I don't think so. Um, and then obviously you have maftir, which we, um, we, we lane for Ravi, we lane Correct. Um, every day what you lane, you know, Right, anyway, we, do, so, <laughs> we do that <laughs> also. That. We also have two Torahs every day, Cholomoid de Pesach. As, right. a, as opposed to Cholomoid Sukkot, where only one Torah is taken out. Yeah, so I think we we pretty much do the same thing. Right. I'm assuming on the seventh day you lame the shira. I I just want to make sure. Yes, we do. <laughs> and, it, <laughs> and it's and it's funny. And it's funny. The more different we think we are, we end up being so much more the same. Rabbi Yigal Siegel with us from Jerusalem. All right, a couple other minor things I thought of because again I like to emphasize the difference between. Israel and the diaspora, because we should be Israel-centric and Israel-focused and not diaspora-focused. Uh, I assume that you'll be saying Havdalah tomorrow night with Bissamim, and we will be skipping a week of saying Havdalah with Bissamim. Correct. Yeah, every, whenever Havdalah's on Saturday night, you always uh, have Bissamim. And, right. you'll be pu- oh, so you won't have it. That's correct, right? You'll be putting on Tefillin Sunday. Which, correct. Which might be the biggest problem we have with this whole... Yom Tov Sheni thing, right? That we're not putting on tefillin on a day where we likely are our Torah obligated to put on tefillin. Well, you know, there are uh, several other issues that might come up, but you know, uh, I would say that's one of them. Yeah, yeah I, mean, uh, I mean, I hear you, but but I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I always thought that was one of the biggies, frankly. Um, what else do I have here? Oh, describe for us. This, is this only Jerusalem or all of Israel that says a special Shir Shal Yom during uh, the holiday? Uh, that's, I mean, that's the Minigagra, which is definitely Minigir Shalayim. So um, do, the do you remember? I dive in the minion now that does not do that. Oh, really? Um, there are Jerusalem and Yanim that don't do that? Yeah, there are Jerusalem and Yanim that, that just, you know, it's similar to saying uh, the Shamru on Friday night. And, ah. um, you know, there's certain, there's certain shuls uh, that, you know, just do what the rest of the country does. But in terms of, 
Um, the answer is correct. Yes, there there are special um, shir shalyoms that we say every every day of Cholamoyed. Right, and uh, and it literally replaces the regular shir shalyom. Right, you would not say the regular right. one, except Shabbos. Um, whenever Shabbos, you know, like for example, tomorrow, uh, normally if uh, Shri Shal Pesach would come out, you know, during the week, we'd say Mizmor Yud Ches Hashem. But uh, on Shabbos, you say Mizmor Shirley on Shabbos, no matter what day it is. Wow, cool. No matter what day of Pesach it is. Um, mm-hmm. All right, now uh, you know where I, 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 you know what started me on this whole thing years ago in terms of us being too diaspora-centric and not thinking about Israel enough, is when is when Pesach is, uh, um, when Pesach begins on Shabbos, so you only have one Shabbos during Pesach, and that's the first day of Pesach. So Correct. I, at that time, and, and you know that our minig, our custom in the Jewish world, is to recite the Megillus uh, during the three um, uh, holidays, Shavuos, Pesach, Sukkot, on Shabbos. Uh, so, right. so, for instance, Cholamoid Sukkis, if it's a Shabbos Cholamoid, will read uh, Kahelis. If not, then Shemini Atzeris, which is Shabbos, will read Kahelis. Um, and what frustrated me was that when I asked, I asked rabbis, I asked rabbis, I said this year, obviously not in reference to this year, but I said this year, uh, Pesach begins on Shabbos in Israel, which means Achron Shal Pesach, or Shvi Shal Pesach, more accurately, in Israel is on mm-hmm. a Friday. When do you read Shira Shirim? And they couldn't, and, and for some reason, everybody I asked was focused on it must be Shvi Shal Pesach. Yeah, but that's not Shabbos. That's Erev Shabbos. No, but I, when else would you read it? And, of course, the answer is that you do something we would never do, which is read Shira Shirim on the first day of Pesach. You would read it on Shabbos, the first day of Pesach, if that if it falls out like that, right? Correct. Okay, so that was that's what got me started on this whole thing. So now, for those who are curious, this year, because mm-hmm. Pesach started Sunday, both Israel and the diaspora will be reciting Shira Shirim the same day, and that is tomorrow, right? Uh, yeah. There you go. I mean, that's that's the custom. That's, a, that's the plan. That's the <laughs> plan. How long do you plan on, the, on spending on Shira Shirim, just out of curiosity? Well, um, we were drafted by our old shul, the Red Door Shul, to uh, to come and lane there. So my son, Svi, is going to be laning Shira Shirim. It usually takes him around... 14 minutes. Oh, it is that long? I mean, you know, maybe a little less. I'm not sure. I don't want to, you know, right. jinx him or anything like that. But the... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Shira Shirim tomorrow. You know why, by the way, you know why my sons are experts in Shira Shirim. And they are experts because? Because every Friday in, in their schools when they were growing up, they would say Shira Shirim, the whole Shira Shirim, on Friday in school. Pretty amazing, and and with with um, the proper with, cantillation. Yes, with proper cantillation. Unbelievable. <laughs> that's 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 the way to raise children, huh? Does no, so. I mean, look. The truth is that uh, in, in any show that I've been in here in Israel, I've very rarely find anyone who made time for Shira Shirim. You know, when you're supposed to say it, which is either I think right before Kabbalah Shabbos, you're right. supposed to say it. Right. Um, but in the schools, they were very, very, um, they were very into it. They would get the kids together. In fact, I think my two sons, my two youngest sons, uh, Tzvi and Yehuda would say it together. Like they would get the classes together to say it. Unbelievable. That's so cool. See, it's uh, the one time they don't have to prepare a Megillah. Correct. Ah, Jewish education at its best. We in the diaspora don't realize how good you have it over there. 
Are you doing a Nephis Benefis commercial now? No? <laughs> I think I've been doing one for the last 20 minutes, frankly. <laughs> finally, uh, finally, before I get to my big crescendo, I'm going to use you as yeah. a, I'm going to use you as a sounding board for the great revelation that I had yesterday. Uh, but before we get to that, one other difference that I thought of: you'll say Yisker tomorrow, I'll say Yisker Sunday, right? Correct. That's another difference. So you'll light a yardside mm-hmm. candle before Shabbos. I'll light a yardside candle after Shabbos. Or you can light a, a 48-hour one. They have those? Here they do. Israel has everything. They yeah. even have a 72-hour one. <laughs> you wouldn't light that one, Dafka, would you? No, you have no need to. You have one day unto. That's it. You have no, no the truth is on uh, on Erev Shabbos last week, yeah. um, Two day so for people, you. Lit, people lit... Uh, 48 to 72 hour ones, just so you know, right. they would make sure they would have a light after Shabbos to you know to light candles from, etc. Smart idea. And whenever you have that 24 hour one or 26 hour one, you can't. It always goes out before you need it. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's another thing. That's you know, <laughs> you could take that, uh, that to the bank. That, that's called that's called Rebbitson Murphy's law. <laughs> <laughs> that's her. That's her rule. Um, how many how many uh, candles in general do you light uh, when it's when it's time for Yisker? Is one sufficient? Yeah, or, yeah one. Is that, su- that's a very good question. You know, we I, you know, there's no that, that wasn't in my book on Shiva, so yeah. I I don't really know uh, what uh, I don't remember what we what my what our parents did, but um, I'm told that if you light one for Yisker, you know, that's enough. Even though you know right. we ourselves have three yard sites that we observe. Right. But, uh, the only thing I would say is based on my research, and I agree with you totally on what you just said, but based on my research, the exception would be Yom Kippur. The, based on my research, uh, Yom Kippur, we try to light, uh, we meaning, you know, we've accepted this in our family, uh, on this side of the world, we try to light uh, one for each neshama that, that was close, you know, immediate family, and then, mm-hmm. and, and then one for the yunt of itself. So where I go for Yom Kippur, uh, there is, there are so many yard site candles lined up. I mean, one of those twenty four hour ones has got to last till after the holiday. <laughs> that, that's at least the assumption. Uh, but uh, yeah, except for Yom Kippur, that's uh, that's what we've uh, basically been doing is that we light one. That's yard interesting. Side. I have to uh, yeah. I have to talk about talk to you about that off the air. Why we do that differently? Yeah, I don't Kippur. I don't remember how it uh, you know how how I came to that conclusion. But anyway, I remember that uh, that we had discussed it and, um, and and went with that, and now we have a kitchen counter filled with yard side candles <laughs> when it comes to Erev Yom Kippur. Um, okay, so finally. Finally, 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 Rabbi Yigal Siegel, you're going to be so proud, even though this is really a, this is a diaspora-centric piece to the conversation, but I'm asking you to play along, please. Uh, I have been, a moment ago, I referred to what you just said in terms of lighting on Erev Shabbos HaGadol this year. Uh, I referred to it as a two-day yuntif, that you had a two-day yuntif, which is, of course, you know, twice as long as your usual yuntif. Uh, mm-hmm. We, who always have a two-day yuntif, except for Yom Kippur, we, who always have a two-day yontif, uh, you know, for us the exception is the three, quote-unquote three-day yontif. And I, Nachum Siegel, after 37 years on the air, have been taking a tremendous amount of heat recently. I don't know if you're familiar with this or not. I don't know if you read the tabloids or not, but I've been taking a tremendous amount of heat about the reference to a three-day yontif because, according to many of my listeners, it's not a three-day yontif. It's either... Shabbos and two days of Yantiv, or it's two days of Yantiv and Shabbos, right? 
and therefore they would argue. Yeah. They okay. would. They would. <laughs> I, I know. I know. <laughs> relax. 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 And, and therefore they would argue that the three-day yuntif term would be illegitimate. Well, guess what, Rabbi Egal Siegel? Yeah. Yesterday I saw a friend of mine who has helped me with other issues like this. Uh, most recently, uh, the, the issue of that we were talking about, I, I don't know if you were in on this conversation or not, uh, if you had heard about it, but we were talking about how one benches Rosh Chodesh. Because I insisted that when one benches Rosh Chodesh, you say, you say Yebiyom Rishon, Yebiyom Sheni, without the hay. And then other people insisted there has to be a hay. And we ended up, and our friends at Art Score were very helpful on this, we ended up concluding that we uh, that I didn't realize, and a lot of other people didn't realize, that there are m- multiple minhagim of how to do it, and that there's no right way or wrong way, but there are many different traditions about how to do it, and therefore if one would say harishon or rishon, they're really doing you know the right thing. There's plenty to rely on, which I did not realize based on what I had thought, and many people on the other side who thought we always say it with a hey didn't realize that it was okay and 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 you know it was fine to to announce it without this. And that was one of the most recent things, where where this person was very helpful. So yesterday I see this person. And I said, well, oh, what's the latest controversy? I'll, say, I'll tell you. The latest controversy is that uh, I am being cited. I'm being cited almost literally with a citation <laughs> in a negative way for using the term three day untif. And he says, oh, don't you know about the Belzer tradition? And I said, tell me, tell me, tell me. Rabbi Egal Siegel, are you ready for this? Yeah. He shows me a Belzer Luach, a Belzer Luach in reference to last Friday. Now, again, I'm reminding everybody that last Friday was Erev Shabbos HaGadol, was Erev the quote-unquote three-day untif, and for those who really don't like the term, they'll remind us that it was really a Shabbos, an Erev Shabbos, that eventually you know, turned into on Saturday night, our two days of the Chag, right? Mm-hmm. The Luach from the Belzer Hasidim reads as follows. Yesh Lahosif, I want to add, Shalafi Minig Rabosenu HaKadoshim, May Ace Afias Hamatzos Nechshav Kiyomtov Lekama Inyanim. Our custom is, according to our great rabbis of, of yesteryear, that the moment of afias hamatzah, once the, you, you've reached that point, the final time where you can bake matzahs, because you know that there's a tradition to bake the matzahs as close to Pesach as possible. Once, once you're in that zman, that time of afias matzah, of baking the matzah, it is, ref, it is considered yom tov for a, a variety of, uh, for a variety, in a variety of ways. Va'al Cain, and therefore, Ein Omrim Hodu, Lifnei Tfilas Mincha Be'erif Shabbos, right? Hodu is normally eliminated. Um, um, it, it, Hodu is being eliminated from Mincha Erev Shabbos because it's being considered Erev Yom Tov, right? Even though it's Erev Shabbos HaGadol. Be'Kabbalah Shabbos, in Kabbalah Shabbos last Friday night, Poschim B'Mizmar L'David, Meaning they don't start with Lachunaranana last Friday night. Erev Shabbos Hagadol. Ubi Bowie Vishalom. In Bowie Vishalom, remember, they say Lachadodi. We don't say Lachadodi on a, on a, you know, Yantif Shabbos combination. But they say Lachadodi if it was, you know, if it was a Yantif Shabbos combination. Right. And in Lachadodi, in Bowie Vishalom, they say Bisimcha. 
right? That's a word that's added to lachadodi or replaced. I forgot what word it replaces. Uh, hang on a second. Boi v'shalom ataris bala gamb um, yeah, I don't remember what I don't remember what it's replacing, but they add a word simcha in addition. Remember, they don't have arnusach, uh, okay. but, so they add the word simcha, which replaces a, another word that's in general boi v'shalom. Ooh, kafish and nimak zos, and the and 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 our minig is like this, according to our great rabbi Shatam hu shekvar ochsim laachar afias hamatzos, because we say. That the Yom Tov has begun after the Zman of baking of the matzos, which means that based on their tradition and the way they treat Shabbos Hagadol, that is Erev Pesach, one can refer to it as Yom Tov. In fact, in fact, you ready for this? The yeah. the Nusach that they use in davening on Shabbos Hagadol Mariv is a Yom Tov Nusach. Really? Yeah, if if it's like this year, where Shabbos Hagadol is Erev Shabbos. Is Erev Pesach. So what you're saying is that this year it was a four-day Yom <laughs> No. Oh, I see. A three and a half. A three and a half. <laughs> no, I mean, for, well, I mean, if you think about it, that means every Pesach for the Bells of Hasidim is a three-day Yom No. Why? What do you mean? Because, Ere, because they're baking the matzahs on Erev Pesach, obviously. Yeah, but... but Again, so, so Erev Pesach and the two days of Pesach in the diaspora equals three. Right, I get that, but I think that they mean that you know once the Afias Hamatzos is done, then then it's considered to be Yontif. Okay, but I'm saying that they start baking the matzos. Usually, I mean, the Hasidim bake the matzos on the day before Pesach. Right, that's the after Chatzos, right? Ah, so you're saying it's half a day? Okay, right. I understand. So there you have it. So you have. So now <laughs> I'm not sure how that proves your point. Well, so. now, now, now you see that there is that when you are in the when you, when you're in this Shabbos of Shabbos Hagadol erev Pesach, there there is at least one group that we could rely on who actually regards it as yuntiv that they use yuntiv nusach on Friday night because it's it's erev Shabbos Hagadol, it's erev Pesach that is Shabbos Hagadol, and I think it makes my point even stronger now. Because the tradi- this is not the traditional three-day yuntif. The traditional three-day yuntif is not, you know, Shabbos into yuntif. I mean, I know it happens, Shavuos, etc. But the real, you know, the one that everyone talks about is, is the three that we have in Tishrei when you have, you know, Thursday, Friday, Shabbos. So someone would, might object to, oh, why are you calling it a three-day yuntif? It's, very, it's really two days and, and Shabbos. Well, the answer is that in at least the case of Sukkot, at least, I might be able to make this case for others as well, but certainly in the case of Sukkis, we are saying a Musaf Shmona Esrei that Shabbos, right? Shabbos, Shabbos Cholamoid. We're saying a Musaf mm-hmm. Shmona Esrei that day. So to actually call it a three-day Yuntif has some validity to it. And here's where I need you to step in and say, that is a brilliant observation, and boy, it's amazing how you were right about all this. I'm just wondering why you spent so much time on this, but okay. <laughs> well, I, I, I find this stuff very interesting, as you know. Well, I think that it's 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 not a question for sure. Cholamoid is yantiv. I mean, that's you know in the classic Thursday Friday Shabbos scenario. Right. I think you're right, hundred percent right. that it's three day yantiv. Uh, and you proved it by the fact that we say most of the yantiv right. on that Shabbos, even though it's Shabbos. Correct. Correct. So that's the end of that. So I. But I the interesting thing on this thing is that it's not even the Shas Afias. In other words, according to the Belzer, it's it's Yud Gimel Nisan on Friday. Correct. 
Correct. And that's unbelievable that in a, in a day that normally is when we just do, you know, the search for the chametz is on the 13th, that, that's considered going into Shabbos as a yanta. That's unbelievable. Correct. Correct. Again. That's a four-day yanta. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, okay. I think you're, you're, you're making a big deal about the, like, in other words, I think it's, I think it's the baking of the matzahs on Erev, on Erev Shabbos. That al- right. that allows Shabbos to be yuntif. That's what I think the point is. I don't think you're actually no. creating a Friday into a yuntif and, and therefore a four day yuntif. I think it's what's happening Friday erev erev Shabbos uh, al- allows you to incorporate nuschos and and minhagim of yuntif into that Friday night erev Shabbos. Right. Uh, erev if Pesach. you remember, and and if we talk about God willing, when everyone is here in, in Israel and everyone's celebrating together. With the Beis Hamikdash, so the 14th of Nisan is really in the Torah called a Yantif because right. that's the day that we start the preparation and bring the carbon Pesach. Right. No, I hear that. So the 14th in itself is already a Yantif. So in this case of this year, where the 14th of Nisan came out on Shabbos, it's definitely you know has has an Indian of Yantif even without the uh, with the with the bells of Luach says. Right. So I think you were correct anyway, not just because you're my brother, but I think you were correct anyway. <laughs> and of course, and of course, the general the general rule, as you just said, that erev Pesach is different than erev of other chags. I mean, we were talking correct. We were talking about earlier about shiva. Erev Pesach would be the only erev yontif that one would really sit shiva only until maybe midday, right? They would not go the the traditional, you know, an hour or two before the yom tov or Shabbos begins. I think you were correct on that. Yeah, yeah. that's right. So there you but have I think it. the best thing is if everyone just moves to Israel, then we won't have to have this discussion much at all. <laughs> well, I would like I like the discussion. I would just like people to be more more focused on what's going on in Israel. And even though we're observing things on this side of the world or outside of Israel, people should still keep in mind, you know, what the center of the Jewish world is doing. And I think we certainly incorporated some of that into our conversation this morning. <laughs> Well, I can tell you the one thing on Sunday when we're having our falafels or our pizzas, we're really not going to be focused that much on what's happening in the diaspora. I was thinking about this, that when we end Yantif, when we end Yantif, you're basically into your second day already. It's going to be early, early Monday morning. You're going to be in your second day already. Like, you, you won't even remember Pesach when we had Yantif. You, you won't even remember, except for that leftover matzah, you won't even realize that it was Pesach by the time we, we had Yantif, which is unbelievable. That is 100% correct. Unbelievable. <laughs> and, you, and you and I can't even be in touch until Monday morning. I know. Yeah. It's the thing I really, I'm, I'm so upset about. You regret that, you regret that the most, me. right? Yisru Chag for me is such a horrible day because I can't speak to you. <laughs> uh, we certainly hear the sincerity in your voice. Hey, what time? What what time is uh, candle lighting? Because remember, it's Shabbos also, not just Yuntif tonight. What time is candle lighting tonight? Um, I believe six twenty-three. You probably know better than I do now. I'm sorry. Well, I know in New, in New York it's seven o two. I just didn't look what time sunset and uh, um, six twenty-three is, is candle lighting. Six twenty-three. Is real time. So that means uh, if I need to speak to you, I have until 11.23 a.m. New York time. If I really Do me a re- favor. Try and call before, before 11.22. Give me a couple minutes just to... <laughs> that would be helpful, you think? <laughs> well, Rabbi Yigal Siegel, you have helped me, uh, number one, go over some of the differences between uh, Israel and the diaspora as we start these. We get set for the seventh day of Pesach. And uh, you have helped me uh, with this... Uh, 
with this research that I've done regarding the three-day uh, yuntif that I now again call it, and I thank you for that as well. And I take this opportunity to wish you... Yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I wanted to wish you, um, on behalf of uh, uh, Rifki and myself and our entire family, wanted to wish you and Stacy and everybody uh, a great yuntif. Thank you. And we really, you know, one of the highlights of us being here in Israel was the year that you guys came. So my bracha is that next year, you and your entire family and, you know, well, everyone else as well, I hope. But uh, at least you guys should be here for Pesach. We'd, we'd love to have you. Amen. Thank you so much. That's a wonderful bracha, and I hope it comes true. And I thank you, and Chag Sameach to you. Chag Sameach. Thanks, now. There he is, one and only Rabbi Yigal Siegel, ensconced in the observance of Pesach in Israel, Baruch Hashem. He knows which shir shal yom one says on Pesach. He knows what the laning is on the first day of Cholamoid in Israel. Who here could tell you that? He knows. It's what happens when you live it. All of a sudden it becomes part of your life. He knows that Yisker is set in Israel tomorrow, while outside of Israel it's set on Sunday. He knows that nobody generally will put on tefillin in public in Israel or certainly in Yerushalayim on Cholomoed. And he knows that tomorrow night he'll be using besamim during Havdalah. We will not. We have to wait a whole... If you love the besamim part of the ritual, if that's your favorite part, move to Israel. Otherwise, you've got to wait an entire week. More coming up 14 minutes before 8 o'clock, JM in the AM.